Welcome to Do-It-Yourself Babies and Parenting, helping you navigate the parenting journey. Remember, you're not alone, trust yourself, and good enough is good enough. Hello fellow parents and parents-to-be. Welcome to Season 1 of Do-It-Yourself Babies and Parenting, which will be all about the start of the parenting journey, which is pregnancy. This first podcast will be about my pregnancy, I'll call it highlight reel. Um, It's really just the purpose is to share my lessons or the biggest lessons learned through my pregnancy journey and hopefully help you with yours. I'm not going to focus too much on the first two trimesters. Um, I'd really like to share some stories from the third trimester and then cap it off with the lessons learned. But in terms of the first two trimesters, I mean, the first trimester, I felt very nauseous. Um, It was not too bad, to be honest, compared to others. Like I've heard of others who like vomited every day for the entire pregnancy, for example. So I definitely can't complain. I do remember in the first trimester, though, that I was really, really averse to eating like really meaty meats, like like gamey meats like lamb and beef. I only wanted very light meats like chicken or wanted to eat very light things like citrus fruits, which really helped. Um, And we also, you know, had our dating scan and that was really exciting. And then in the second trimester, we had the the gender reveal scan, which was really cool. Um, Things really calmed down in the second trimester, which I would call probably the most stable of all three, where your kind of morning sickness or nausea pretty much goes away and you're not, you know, too heavy. You can still walk around, you can still do things. Um, So that was probably the most stable. Um, Also, another thing I wanted to point out is uh, hospital. We ended up going to Mercy Hospital, which is a public hospital. I didn't pay for the private hospital, I guess, treatment. Um, Because I'd heard from friends that the public system is excellent. And so I wanted to see and try it out for myself. Um, In terms of the hospital appointments, I mean, really, you go quite frequently um, and it does increase in frequency towards the end of your pregnancy. Because obviously, the baby's ready to come out. They want to make sure everything is going okay. Um, But I remember at each appointment... They would, you know, check my blood pressure. They would ask me how I was doing, if I had any questions. And also one cool thing was they'll measure your belly. I don't know if they still do it, but um, apparently there's this old school way of tracking it, which is your belly is meant to be in line with how many weeks you are, um, plus or minus a couple of centimeters. So for example, if you're, you know, 18 weeks, then your belly should measure roughly about 18 to 21 centimeters. So that was really cool because it just gives them that initial indication um, of whether, you know, baby is growing okay. So for example, if it's a lot larger or a lot smaller, they probably want to do further tests to check. But I love those appointments because you just felt, you know, really comfortable and that you felt really secure because you know that someone was looking after you. 
And for me, because I went through the public system, I didn't have, you know, that one person all the way through. I actually ended up having midwives who would check over things. I only had a doctor come and see me at the start um, to just give kind of the all clear how it works. And I don't know if it's every hospital, but the hospital that I went to is that um, if, if you have what's deemed a normal pregnancy, I mean, not that there is a normal pregnancy, um, but if it's considered to be normal, so there's no kind of major issues to look out for, then you can choose to just be seen by whichever midwife is on duty that day. And I love that because you get different experiences and you get to meet different people. And yeah, I had absolutely no issues. And one other bonus that I had along the way was I went to a parenting class at the hospital and there was a student midwife there, Julia, who was basically offered, and and this was part of her, obviously, placement, to follow me around um, through my pregnancy journey so that she could learn. Um, And it was really good because you have this kind of extra person to bounce things off. So if I was feeling, you know, X, Y, Z, or I wasn't sure about ABC things, I could also message her instead of waiting for my next hospital appointment. And it's such good experience for um, these students because, I mean, they're going to end up doing this. So the more experience they get, the better. Um, So I would highly, highly recommend that if you ever get the opportunity to have a student midwife follow you around, make the most of it. But it's not for everyone. So obviously completely up to you. Um, now, what I really want to focus on is a few, I'll call them highlights, but they're actually some of them were more lowlights of the third trimester because this is when the most action and the most things and lessons came out. So, I think the very first thing is um, I had a massive freak out about labor. So all the way leading up to the third trimester, for one reason or another, probably because I felt like, oh, there's so much time, um, I was pretty much fine. Like I didn't really care, sorry, not care, but I didn't really think much about the fact that I was going to have to squeeze a baby out of my, my vagina. Um, But I remember in the third trimester, kind of as soon as that ticked over, things really became real. Like shit hit the fan. You just like, oh, okay, in a couple of months, you know, the baby's going to come out one way or another. And I remember I had many days and many instances of where I really was really quite scared. And ultimately, I think it was because it's, it's such an unknown. I mean, you hear about, oh, labor and, you know, it's so painful, um, you know, and, you know, having epidurals and all of that stuff. But you really don't know what it's going to feel like because you've never gone through it. And you never know what's going to happen as well. I mean, you could have one of those really traumatic births. You could have a really smooth, quick, painless birth. Um, and it's that fear of the unknown, I think, that really, really gripped me. Um, And look, to be honest, like you're probably going to be scared and it's okay to be scared because you, you know, if this is your first time, you've never done it before. Um, But some things that I found really helped was, I think overall the biggest piece of advice for that was you're never going to be completely prepared and all you can do is prepare the best that you can. 
So in terms of, you know, leading up to it, keeping active, doing your pelvic squeezes, and yes, you should do them every day from as soon as possible, because it really, I think, helps to just, let's say, train your uh, pelvic area for when baby does come out. And also I did things like um, pregnancy yoga, which I just got off of YouTube and I did a lot of it leading up and I found that really helped just to calm you down. But also like ultimately you've just got to accept that if you go in there and you kind of go with the flow, um, as long as baby and you are okay, just try and be present, try to enjoy it and know that there is an end. So like, you know that the baby's going to come out one way or another. So the pain of whatever pain you're feeling, it will end. Um, But it was a really big, you know, scary moment. And hopefully for you, if you're going through the same thing, if you're thinking, oh my God, how am I going to do it? Just know there are millions, millions or billions of women out there who have had children. So if they can do it, so can you. Um, The second thing that happened to me during the third trimester was I got really bad gastro and that was really scary because it can affect your baby. And what had happened was there was at the time this um, rock melon like listeria issue and I had had a piece of like a small piece of watermelon kind of a couple of days before the news about this rock melon listeria issue came out. But also at the same time, my husband and I had gone to a Lebanese restaurant and had meal a meal and he had got really, really, really bad gastro from it. So I don't know if it was a combination or maybe it was just from the restaurant. But anyway, regardless, um, what had happened was I went to work one day and we had this meeting and I was sitting there and then all of a sudden I started feeling just really started feeling cold, clammy, and just really weird. And I was like, geez, what is this? Towards the end of the meeting, I started to feel really nauseous. And I was like, oh, shit, Uh, (laughs) I really need to probably excuse myself and go to the bathroom. But I felt so bad and so awkward leaving. So I was like, I'll just, just, you know, stay it out, brave it through, it'll be fine. And it got to the end of the meeting and I literally ran towards the bathroom. But I could not make it in time. And I stopped in front of the kitchen and like there was nowhere to vomit and except for this fake kind of pot plant. And so I just literally all the vomit just came out on the wall, on the plant, in the pot, on the floor. It was gross. And everyone that was still leaving the meeting. And so people were like, what the hell? Um I managed to kind of, with help, get to the bathroom, although I did vomit on the floor along the way. And so much came out still afterwards. It was disgusting. I've never experienced anything like that in terms of gastro. Um, And it was so embarrassing because this was at work as well. So, yeah, not the best. Um, But then my husband came to pick me up and then I went home. I had a fever. I lay down. Um... And just try to obviously just recover and rest. Oh, but um, at the time I was actually really scared because I was in my third trimester. So, you know, it was towards the end. And so I remember calling 
the hospital and, you know, asking for advice. And they said, look, as long as, you know, you can still feel baby kicking frequently and, you know, you don't feel anything else really weird, then it should be okay. And so I really just had to kind of um, get through it. Um, And then luckily for me, um, everything did end up being okay. But I do remember we went to the hospital at night one time during this time because I was just really scared. So I just wanted to make sure and have that kind of peace of mind. And so I think a lesson from there is, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And if you feel uncomfortable, just go to the hospital, you know, just get that peace of mind, get that all clear from the midwives or the doctors or whoever, and then you can move on. Um, The third thing is I got this really weird condition during my third trimester called PUPS, which stands for something like polyuretic something or other. But basically what it was, was I started and I thought initially it was bed bug bites, but I got all these like, like looked like tiny red bites along the sides of my thighs, along my, a little bit along my belly and, and on my arms and even on my bum. And it was so itchy. Like it was, I've never felt itchiness like that. I literally wanted to get a knife and just like cut out the bites. Um, And we had no idea what it was. We went to the GP and he was like, oh, maybe it's some sort of rash and gave me some um, cream, but it didn't work. And it wasn't until my husband started Googling stuff like, you know, pregnancy and rash and stuff like that, that we found out that it was this thing called PUPS, P-U, I think it's P-U-double-P or triple P-S. And Basically, it was just itching like hell all day, every day until I Googled it and I found what's called pine tussle, which is this, it's made from pine tar and it's this kind of green liquid that I just got from the chemist and you wash yourself in it and it's meant to be really good for people who have, you know, eczema or just other kind of skin conditions, but it worked a charm and it was not, you know, like so chemically like you know a steroid cream would be so I ended up using that and that really calmed it down but before that it was just insanely itchy and I'd seen photos of some women who had it all on their belly and it was really scary and gross gives me the goosebumps just to think about it but yeah that was really unexpected um and there is no cure for it (laughs) the cure is labor um but i also took a lot of epsom salt baths leading up to the birth just to kind of relax and you know give give myself a bit of self-love um and i found that actually really helped as well but the pups overall did kind of stop itching a couple of weeks before um my son was born and but the thing is because I'd itched so much there were still scars and to this day like it's healed mostly but there are still some scars which you know what it's just a badge of honor that I see it as a badge of honor (laughs) and it's a really good memory of kind of what I went through but that was really interesting and again really unexpected so I guess the lesson from that is is another thing that you honestly don't know what's going to happen when you're pregnant and You just got to go with it, Um, work around issues that come up. And the last thing that I wanted to cover in terms of the third trimester was 
around, I think it was 28 weeks, you do what's called a glucose tolerance test, which is basically just testing if you have gestational diabetes. And for me, I, I honestly thought, you know what, I've been active. I haven't been, you know, munching down on junk food or anything. I've been pretty good. I, and I'm not naturally like a big person. So surely I, I can't have it. But it turned out that I did. And initially I was really shocked and I was really disappointed. And I felt like I was just like in a way a failure because I had it. I was like, how, like, how is this possible? And what happens is if you do have it, they send you a letter. If you don't have it, they don't send you anything. But I got sent a letter saying that I had it and they booked me in for a hospital appointment. So I rocked up and it was a room of other women who were probably also non-suspecting and very shocked. Um, And they gave us a bit of a, a tutorial on gestational diabetes and how to manage it. And that was really awesome because they talk about Um, you know, things that you can eat. Well, not that you can't eat like cakes and stuff, but you've really got to watch yourself. And they give you complimentary um, one of those um, blood sugar testing machines. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Um, And so you're actually meant to test yourself. It was, I think, at least three times a day. So two in the morning when you wake up. And then I think it's about two hours after lunch and dinner and you've got to record in a book your measurements and every time that you're over and I think it's either the every two times in a row you've actually got to call the hospital um, and report it and if they find that it's getting to a point where you need to um, you might need to actually go on insulin so you have like little insulin injections into your belly which apparently doesn't hurt luckily I never went on it but um that is a potential consequence if you are consistently over and can't manage it naturally. So for me, the way that I managed it was I very much quite strictly followed their kind of guide of eating. So like certain kind of amount and type of carbs and then protein and veg, you could really have endless amount, endless amounts, but you really needed to watch your carbohydrate intake. So things that I changed were, for example, um, I usually have white rice and instead I had basmati rice or brown rice. Um, I would have only a certain amount of fruit and instead I tried to have more, you know, veggies and stuff. And it was really hard initially because I felt like um, I didn't have enough food, even though, you know, I could top it up with protein and veg. I was so used to having a lot of carbs that, yeah, it was it was a bit of an adjustment. But to be honest, I mean, because I was pregnant, I did kind of let myself go a bit (laughs) in terms of eating. I was like, you know what? I have someone else that I'm feeding, so I can just go for it. And so I would indulge more than I usually would. And so um, this was a bit of a, you know, wake up call. Um, But it actually went quite well. I found that by following the eating guide and limiting the amount of carbs I had, I probably was eating more at the level that I should have been like as a pregnant person, because you honestly don't actually need that much extra nutrition when you're pregnant. Obviously it increases towards the end of your pregnancy as the baby gets ready to come out. But um, I was probably originally eating too much anyway. And I actually, I think I not lost weight, but like I actually felt quite light and I felt really good. So I think it was actually a 
a blessing in disguise. Um, and I learned a lot about diabetes. So I learned that to be, and this is my opinion, personal opinion, but when you go out to eat, there's really not many diabetes friendly places. I mean, even if you want to limit what you eat in terms of carbs, it's really hard. I found it really difficult. Um, you know, even trying to be healthy and having a salad, for example, like that's not pro- for me, it doesn't really fill you, fill you up. So I'd have to have things like maybe a wrap and, but then that would be it. Like I couldn't even top it up with anything else unless I went and bought some veggie sticks or something like that. So it was really, really hard. And I had a lot of, um, I built up a lot of appreciation for people who are kind of have to manage that on a very much day-to-day basis. Um, but it was also really good because, you know, you learn about things like I didn't know that basmati rice, for example, it was lower in GI than brown rice. I thought, oh, because brown rice originally probably had a lower GI, but it's not. So things like that, that you pick up. Um, and a bit of good news was that even though I had gestational diabetes, I was still able to have, like, I would have ice cream at night. That was my treat because you're allowed to do, you know, have a bit of like one or two scoops. <laughs> so I would definitely reward myself because it was hard, you know, and it was different. Um, but there are risks with gestational diabetes. So the reason why they obviously want to try and capture it and help you manage it early on is because if baby gets too big, um, A, you may not be able to push him or her out. Um, B, um, when you do, and if they're too big, they could, it might be hard to get them out and, you know, they might end up with shoulder issues or something like that. So it's really important to monitor. And I was really grateful that, you know, the hospital, they had adequate resources and, you know, had really good care. So you felt like you were very much supported along the way. Um, but I remember afterwards, right after I gave birth at night, I had McDonald's because after you give birth, um, technically you shouldn't have diabetes anymore. So you don't need to worry about, you know, managing stuff. Um, But I found overall that have exercising after meals and, you know, watching what I eat, I was able to manage it. Although towards the end, I did start to get higher readings, but that because that's because I kind of, let go a little bit in terms of eating. And I was like, well, baby's going to come out soon. So like, it's not like they're going to start me on insulin. And afterwards, six weeks after you give birth, FYI, you do have to do another glucose tolerance test to make sure that you don't have diabetes. Um, And then if you subsequently get pregnant, I've been told that you need to do the glucose tolerance test earlier on because you've obviously already had it in your first one. So again, that was another good kind of lesson learned of A, something completely unexpected that happened. And if you, if I I embrace, well, I try to embrace and make the most of it. I learned a lot. It was ultimately a blessing in disguise. So yeah. So I've noted down overall from a pregnancy perspective, the top three lessons that I learned and wanted to share with others. The first one is for me, I really think keeping active is quite important from the very start. I mean, you don't have to, you know, do anything full on. It's more just even if you go for walks or something that you enjoy, keeping active, you know, helps keep your body in shape. And the stronger that your body is, the better prepared you will be for pregnancy. Oh, sorry, not pregnancy. Well, pregnancy as well as labor. 
And I've, I personally found doing those pelvic lifts, I think you're meant to do like 10, 10 times, so like 10 in a row, with three sets of those and, and hold them for about 10, eight to 10 seconds. I really found that helped with labor, which I will talk about subsequently. So I think if you do that and you do it consistently, it will hopefully pay off in dividends for you. And it helps and, and it does make you feel better anyway because, you know, you're getting those endorphins, you're being out, say, say you go out for a walk, being amongst nature, getting some sunshine, whatever it is. I think it's really important in terms of preparing yourself and, and getting through pregnancy. The second lesson is trust and listen to your body. It really knows what it's doing, believe it or not. Like I found the changes in my body that naturally happen. It was amazing. It, like, you know, generally what's going to happen, but when it actually happens to you, it really, it's, it's really cool. Um, and if you listen to your body, by listening to your body, what I mean is if you feel tired, you know, rest, go to bed early. If you feel energetic, go walk around, whatever it is. If you're exercising and you start to feel a bit of pain, stop. But if you're exercising and you feel great, then, you know, go for it. Just listen to yourself because you, your body knows what it's doing. And the third and I think most important lesson was Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. Every pregnancy will be so different and yours is unique for you. It may be the only time you do this. You could have other ones, but it is very much a unique time in your life. Um, And really just enjoy it. Enjoy everything that happens. Yes, so there may be lowlights, there may be highlights, but it's all a really cool journey. And if you make the most of it and keep that kind of mindset, um, in terms of, you know, enjoying it, I think hopefully it'll result in actually a good overall uh, time in your life. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you learned something and got something valuable out of it. The next podcast will be about preparing for baby and I will talk about I guess the main things for me that I found are I guess needed for you to actually prepare for baby to come so until next time thanks for listening and namaste